0: funded today nation welcome back to the funded today podcast on today's episode we're going deep real deep we're gonna get real we're gonna talk about emotions and feelings what do i do when my campaign fails and most importantly your crowdfunding campaign might fail and that's okay The Funded Today podcast is hosted by world-renowned entrepreneurs and business experts Thomas Alvord and Zach Smith. To get help with your next big business idea or to take your business to the next level, go to fundedtoday.com.
1: Welcome back to the Funded Today podcast. I'm Zach Smith. And I'm Thomas Alvord. And in our last episode, we talked about the triple F, the single most important thing you must do when you're trying to launch a campaign. So if you missed out on that one, Don't listen to this episode. You need to check that one out first. In today's episode, we want to talk about what happens when you launch a campaign and your idea tanks. Everybody worries about it. Everybody's scared about it. It's your baby. You put your baby out to the world. Nobody wants it. That's a problem, right? First, you probably didn't try the triple F, but even if you did and you have a campaign that is still failing, you have options. There is more to crowdfunding than raising money. You're also launching a crowdfunding campaign to validate your product idea. If it's a home run, you can run with it. On the other hand, if it's a failure or if it's struggling or if it's not doing as much as you would like, not even a base hit, you can pivot to a new idea and keep going until you hit remarkable success. I remember when I was in my grad program,
0: I sat down with one of my professors. I had this new idea I was working on. It wasn't funded today. It was something else at the time. I was so excited about it and I knew this was going to be revolutionary, right? It was literally going to change the world. And my professor, after we spoke, he said, you know, just a heads up, this idea might not work. It might not be as big as you're thinking. A lot of people who come, they all think they have the next big idea and really they don't. And I remember at the time I responded to my professor and I said, yeah, that probably is true for other people and for other ideas, but that's not the case with me. I know my idea is different. This is going to be huge. I was offended. I was actually taken back. Before I share what happened with that idea, I'm going to share one other story that happened. It was maybe one of the fifth or the sixth campaign Zach and I ever worked with on Kickstarter. It was a metal wallet, actually. And we ran some marketing. It wasn't working. Back in those days, we used to be a lot more blunt. Our come to Jesus moment with people was more. Kind of in your face so people wouldn't miss it. We basically were telling him, look, this is not a good idea. It's not converting. The market doesn't want it. And the guy got so upset. He started cussing at us. He started yelling and he said, you guys just watch. I'm the next Steve Jobs, blah, 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 blah. I think he might have even hung up. What's so interesting is we become so tied emotionally to our ideas. And think this idea is going to be so amazing. Going back to what happened with my professor, the same thing happened to me. I was saying, you know what? This idea is going to be so massive. It's going to be so huge. And after four years of pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, I finally came to the realization that it wasn't a good idea. There wasn't a market for it. Companies didn't want this product, there wasn't a need for it. One of the things psychologically, mentally, that you need to accustom your mind to or understand is your idea might fail, and that's perfectly okay, and you shouldn't be so committed to the success of your idea. As I said on the last episode, people should be committed to success, not to their idea. I came up with a phrase for this. I call it myopia. Right, it's entrepreneurs who are myopic. They can't see clearly. They think that their idea is so amazing it's going to revolutionize the world, and that's not the case. It it could be the case, and on a tangent, and I wasn't planning on bringing this up. I have found that the people who have ideas that revolutionize the world very often were not planning on revolutionizing the world when they first started it. Yeah, there's exceptions, but in most cases, it kind of just happens. It kind of just falls on their lap. For example, when Zach and I started Funded Today, our marketing and creative agency, we weren't even planning on starting it, right? And now, a few years later, we're doing over $10 million in revenue a year. We weren't planning on doing that. It just happened. And it's interesting. You see these popular celebrities and people who obtain success, right? And they go and present at the Super Bowl and they say, I never could imagine this that I would have made it this far. And for me to me I'm kind of thinking that's really strange. Like you're super successful, of course you'd be at the Super Bowl or of course you'd be presenting or of course you'd be the number one this or that. But most people weren't planning on having such great success and the ones who think they're going to have amazing success, I don't think they always get there.
1: That's such a good observation, Thomas. I mean, people are, people like that are so emotional. They're so attached to this idea. I I can think of a lot of people in our own, in our own circle of friends and, and our network where they say, man, I've got this great idea. It's going to change the world. Because they think like that, as paradoxical as it might sound, they are unable to pivot and adapt and change to what actually might change the world. Everybody likes a motivational quote. Winston Churchill, one of the greatest public orators of all time. He says, success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. And then, of course, let's go way back to ancient China and Confucius. Our greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fell. And I want to hit that point home with an example from one of Funded Today's clients, the remarkable changes made to this campaign Made all the difference, and now this is an extremely successful business. When Shopbox 2.0 came to Funded Today, Aaron Johnson, the creator, had raised about $8,000, and he wasn't going to hit his funding goal of $15,000. And as we've talked about earlier on Kickstarter, if you don't hit your funding goal, you don't get any of your money. So he wasn't even going to get the $8,000 he'd raised, and he had no chance of getting to the $15,000. Interestingly enough, all of the strategies that Funded Today used to market this campaign weren't working well either. Thomas, to his credit, noticed a lot of stuff wrong with the video and the page design that was not effectively selling the product. In fact, we'll include some show notes to show you the before and after for the campaign as it was when it had about $8,000 raised and the campaign once it was successful, just so you can do some comparisons. But there was a lot of little things that, although this product, let's talk about Shopbox 2.0 for a second, this was a product that you could use as a little pop-up and inside you could place a product. And then you'd take out your smartphone or your or your DSLR camera and you'd take a picture of the product. And it was a little shot box where you could take product shots of new products. And it was a really good invention. Problem was, even though it was meant to be beautifully displayed and have beautiful imagery and all kinds of pictures and stuff, it just wasn't that way. And the video was confusing. And the reward structure was confusing. And all of the different elements on the presentation side of things just weren't singing very well. Well... Aaron agreed with everything we said. He didn't act like the guy from Canada and say, hey, don't you tell me what to do. This is the Shopbox 2.0. It's a 2.0 for a reason, because people like the 1.0. No, he wasn't like that at all. He was like humble. He listened. And in about the course of less than two weeks, we turned this entire campaign around, shot a new video, cleaned up the entire page, restructured the rewards, and launched. And these fixes resulted in 184791 bucks raised. Now they've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars, and most recently, he had a very nice spot on HSN where he sold a lot of product. Your campaign might fail. Doesn't mean it's even a bad idea. Sometimes there might just be something wrong with the presentation. Your campaign might fail, and people might not want it. And that was the first thing that we decided to do before we even backpedal a little bit and going a little bit further. Let's talk about how you can determine if people want your product, we've got the FFF, right? We've got the triple F. You've got your 200 people lined up. They all tell you they're going to give you hundred bucks for your product when you launch. But when you launch, none of them do. What do you do then? Here's what we did for Shopbox 2.0. We created a survey and we messaged all of these FFFs, all of these friends, family, influencers, fools, whoever wanted to back this product. And we said, would you like to own this product? Why or why not? Question number one. Why didn't you back this project? If you did back this project, what level did you back it at? How did you feel when watching this video of the product? What was your experience as you went through the page? Please share any questions you still have about the product. Are there any other backer options or rewards you'd like to see? Is there anything else you'd like to say about this project? Every one of those were free response to get as much user feedback from backers and prospective backers and people who said they were going to back as possible. Then we took all that information, compiled it, looked for the common themes, and then changed the page design and changed the video to match what these people were saying. And those little tweaks and those little edits and that solicitation of user and backer feedback really made all the difference. Some other interesting
0: case studies that we can look at. Obviously, most people have heard of Barack Obama. What most people might not realize is that he actually ran for the U.S. House of Representatives in 2000, and he lost 60% to 30%. He lost. But he learned from those mistakes. He ran for the Senate in 2004. He won. And then he ran for the U.S. presidency in 2008 and 2012, and of course won. Some people might have heard of another guy named Bill Clinton. He actually ran for the U.S. House in 1974, and he actually lost. And of course, he later became a U.S. president. And just one more case study. There's another guy by the name of George W. Bush who ran for the U.S. House in 1978, and he lost. But he later became a U.S. president as well. And obviously, yeah, they lost that specific campaign, that race, but they kept going, right? So. You need to launch your campaign, but don't define yourself by that campaign, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And as I've mentioned before, on some of the other podcasts, we've seen campaigns where the creator successful in the millions of dollars and then launches another campaign and it totally flops again. You don't know how an idea is going to perform until you test it in the market. Literally nobody can divine what is going to work and what's not. Look at the venture capitalists, right? If they have one out of 10, that's a home run. They're happy, right? They understand, you know, 50% of the deals they put money in or more are totally going to flop and are not going to work out. And these are people who are vetting new businesses, vetting new ideas who are in the business of doing this. Yet They can't even guess, right? You literally don't know until you put it to the market. And that's the beauty of crowdfunding, right? You're able to do that on a lean startup budget, a lean startup approach. But if you fail, it's okay. It doesn't matter. You just can't be so committed to your idea, right? And we can't be so in love with ourselves or with our ideas or think that somehow what we're doing or what our idea is different. The reality is it's not. And I think a serial entrepreneur is going to realize you launch a campaign, you see how it does. If it doesn't work, you go to something else,
1: right? I love what you're saying. I love the blog post that you wrote. We'll link to this in the show notes as well about why your crowdfunding campaign might fail and why that's okay. And one of the words that really stood out to me, and I think you invented it, so good on you for this, but the word was myopic And I think that's kind of exactly what you've been saying here. We can't be entremyopic, right? Our eyes single to the vision of this one product and we can't change and it has to be this way or else? And, you know, I I just love that because I think it summarizes what many entrepreneurs get stuck in. We can't exhibit entremyopia if we are going to be successful as an entrepreneur. And what better way to get your product out to the market than rewards-based crowdfunding on Kickstarter or Indiegogo where you can get that product validation? And you can get that product validation in, I mean, on on Shopbox 2.0, we were, what, maybe seven to 10 days before we realized this thing's not going to work. We need to pivot and change. Two weeks later, clean everything up, launch again, $200,000 a month later, and here we are on HSN. I mean, it can be real quick, but you've got to recognize to separate the emotional elements that myopia, as Thomas likes to call it, from the hard data the statistics, the facts, be in love, be passionate, be excited. That's what makes entrepreneurship so great. But use that passion to pursue evidence and not the emotional whims of what is inside your mind or a vision that you had as hard and cold as that might sound. I think that's the best advice I can give to a lot of young entrepreneurs out there.
0: And the commitment to success also really carries across the duration of the life of what your product or your business or your services, right? Looking at crowdfunding campaigns, we see campaigns that have a successful raise. And then they're not on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. They're just running an e-commerce campaign and it doesn't work. It doesn't convert. They're not able to drive traffic at a profitable ROI. And so really they don't have a business, right? And they realize, oh, you know what? This market is actually declining. Yeah, it did well on Kickstarter. It was fun. But that industry just doesn't work, right? That that market's not there. And it, it doesn't make sense to continue to pursue, pursue that idea. So where do you pivot? How do you pivot? The best people that I know who do business, they're always seeing where can they pivot? Where can they grow, Right it's the same thing you you look at the biggest companies that are out there how do they grow typically the way they're growing is through acquisitions right they're usually not building new things internally and they're obviously not staying in whatever their niche or their industry is uh, well yeah they keep doing that obviously to continue that revenue but the fortune 100 fortune 500 companies right they're getting the inspiration the the new nascent markets and tapping into those through acquisitions. And so, even they are always realizing everything is an evolution. It's always growing. It's always morphing. It's always changing. And you have to be willing to pivot and to make those changes.
1: I think that's so true. Thomas and I have spoken around the world and we came up with 21 lessons that we've learned throughout our entrepreneurial journey. And I think two of those lessons are summarized very briefly in, in what we've talked about today. We, lesson number five, just go for it. Fell fast. There's a picture of a Dodgers player stealing home plate. And the picture still has the ball in his hand. He hasn't thrown it to the catcher yet. And the batter's looking to swing. And here's this guy on third base, probably 75% of the way to home plate, getting ready to slide in. That's the type of mindset I think we need to have. And then remember, one failure... This is lesson number six from our presentation. One failure does not yourself a failure make. There's so many examples of this. And I think maybe the most famous example is Haral Sangavi. His backs raised $9.1 million on Kickstarter. Has anybody heard of the wireless charging apparel? I bet you haven't. Because guess what? It didn't raise any money. He canceled the campaign. Same exact guy. Same exact mindset. Same exact everything. But his campaign, which I think is the sixth or seventh most funded crowdfunding campaign in the history of crowdfunding, 9.1 million raised, 12 or 13 million raised when you combine Indiegogo and in Demand. His next idea, wireless charging apparel, doesn't ever raise a dollar, and he actually lost. I think he told me over hundred thousand dollars because he spent money on video and page design and all this other stuff too. Success does not indicate future success. Failure does not indicate future failure. And one failure does not mean you're going to be a failure your whole life. Be committed to success, not just your idea of success. And what's interesting about that
0: is you could be completely at the bottom. You could feel broken, you could feel bruised, you could feel beaten, you could feel demolished. And literally with one idea, you you might have had 10 failures. And with one new idea, become a millionaire. I remember... My mentor, Perry Marshall, listening to, to his info and his recordings and reading his blog posts and him reading or, or sharing of two people who had written in who literally were broke, right? One who was living out of his car and another I can't remember, and they were completely broke. And just a few months later, both of them were now making over a million a year. And he was just sharing how powerful business is, right? You can make more money in business than doing anything else. I was just commenting to Zach the other day, yeah, the top sports players, they actually don't make that much money. It doesn't matter who they are. Because if you compare what the top sports players make compared to what the top business people make, right? Like the likes of Bezos and Gates, etc. They're making way, way, way more money. But the point is, if you find the right idea, it can change not only the world, but it can change your life. And when I I remember I was in the same situation, like I shared on our first podcast, I was dirt poor, even though I had a law degree and a master's degree. I literally was going door to door selling these coupons just to make 30 bucks a piece. But I remember listening to that and thinking, that's gonna be me. So I might have been wrong. With thinking my first idea was going to be the ticket. I was wrong there, but I was right thinking i'm gonna be like those guys i'm gonna be a millionaire someday i'm gonna make a million dollars every year, but it's because I had to try again, pick myself up, and try something new
1: My inspiration and my mindset is very similar to what you've just shared thomas, and i I look to one of my heroes, Steve Jobs and we talk about failure quite a bit on this episode today. And sometimes that can seem pretty gloomy. You know, hey, we can fail. And obviously, if you want to hit a home run every single time you step up to the plate, you want to net that three-pointer, you want to score the soccer goal. But sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But as the saying goes, you only are a failure when you stop trying. And I think Steve Jobs said it best. When you grow up, you tend to get told the world is the way it is, and your life is just to live your life inside this little world. Try not to bash into the walls too much. Try to have a nice family, have fun, save a little money. That's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact. Everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you, and you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that other people can use. And once you learn that, your world will never be the same again. It's that time of the week again, the Funded Today product of the week. Every week, we pick a product that comes across as really neat and awesome, and we share why we like it. For this week, my pick is the air whirl. It's a personal cooling and heating system, and the timing couldn't be even better, right? We'll talk about the seven P's in a future episode. And one of those P's has to do with the timing of your product. And summertime, everybody's thinking about being hot. These guys are from North Palm Beach, Florida. And they have invented a handheld personal air conditioner, but it also can do cozy warm air in the wintertime. So check it out. It's AirWirl, A-I-R-W-I-R-L. Not a lot of time left on Kickstarter. So by the time you listen to this episode, you're probably not going to catch it. But they'll likely be on Indiegogo In Demand or selling on e-commerce check them out. I think you'll like it. My campaign's total glue and total glue is awesome
0: because we've all had the frustration of super glue or a hot glue gun, but basically this is super strong and you put the glue on it. It comes in this little, uh, pen like thing. And once you put it on, you expose it to blue light and within five seconds it dries and you're done. So you should totally check it out. It's called Total Glue.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in today. We hope you learned a little bit about how to be attached to the idea of success, how to learn to pivot and to change, and that you can apply the same example as people like Aaron Johnson of Shopbox 2.0. In our next episode, we will discuss our crowdfunding success matrix. What do black holes, shooting stars, and supernovas have in common with crowdfunding? I think you're going to find it really interesting. We'll share with you this matrix and we'll go over a couple ideas for what you can do to figure out which quadrant you're in and find a way to pivot to the best quadrant. You're going to want to tune into that. And remember, we are always looking for ideas and topics. Now that we've kind of been at it for a little bit and you've kind of heard what we talk about and some of the knowledge we have, what do you want to learn? What do you want to hear from us? Where can we help you? Where are you struggling? Comment in the, comment in the show comments. Comment in the notes. Send us an email. Um, We'll be in touch. We're pretty accessible all over the place. So let's make sure that we are saying and talking about what you want to learn about as well, in addition to some of the things we think you need to learn so that you can be successful. And remember, as always, don't wait until tomorrow. Get funded today.
0: Funded today is the worldwide leader in rewards-based crowdfunding on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Combined, they have raised over $200 million and counting for thousands of new ideas and inventions worldwide. If you've got an idea for a new product or invention, visit FundedToday.com to speak with one of their experts.